guys, I'm Jack Brennan, and welcome to the very first episode of Shake the Mic. Today I'm joined by Tom Simpson. Simon, welcome on, lad. How are we? Thanks for having me on, lad. Yeah, I'm all good, you? Been waiting for a long time to get you on, lad. So I'm proper yeah. excited to have you here. We've got so much to talk about, so let's just get straight in. Let's do it. Um, a few weeks ago, you ran the Liverpool Marathon. Yeah. What was that like? Um wasn't my first marathon that I've run, so sort sort of knew what to expect. Um, I think your first marathon, no matter who you are, is always a, a little bit of a shock. Like, um, so sort sort of knew what to expect with this one, but I set it up as a challenge for um, myself and clients for this year. Um, like to try and set a bit of a challenge with each year for my clients and myself to do to sort of like you know get like a little bit of a milestone in the lives. Um, so this year's was was the marathon, and I think. There was about there was over ten people in the group chat who started out, but it only ended up uh, myself and two others. So uh, it was their both their first marathons, and um, yeah, we all we all we all completed it. We all done it, and uh, it was a, a successful day, like. But just um, looking, you come off the back of um, an injury, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Hadn't run for a while. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so um, last year I tried another like long endurance challenge, shall we say, and uh, I picked up a little bit of an, an Achilles injury, and I wasn't I wasn't aware of it at the time. Like I used to start running, and uh, after it, and my Achilles would just be burning, and it used to go away after about five ten minutes. So I used to just carry on, and then this one day, like I, I tore my Achilles, and. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't put a shoe on for about, about four months, I think. But luckily enough, it was locked down, so I was just, just knocking about in my sliders. <laughs> yeah, but couldn't put a shoe on for about four months. And um, I sort of fell out the routine with running, because I've always run since I've been young. And like, just sort of like found a new training regime without running. And just never picked it back up. And uh, basically started running for the training for the marathon about 16 weeks prior to it and uh, picked my first bit of a distance run up picked it up to about wasn't too far about about i think it was about nine mile and um it just completely kicked my ankle off again yeah. so just didn't end up doing one run at all wow so you went in with no no training just went in and just um kept my mindset as as, uh, as in the best position i could have in it and I, you know, I do believe it, it took my body to do it. Like, yeah, that sums you up, really, don't it? Just, just that that one sentence there alone. Yeah. Um, I seen you also as well. You put something up after you ran it. Um, just saying, I seen a post on. I think it was Instagram, saying about imagining your comfort zone as a circle. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a couple of years ago. When I got dropped off at basic training, um, because he was dropping me off, told, told me this, this like, I don't know what you want to call it, like philosophy. Um, he said, imagine Evan, that you're comfortable with being in the circle, writing all the things down that you're comfortable with. They might be like, you know, just going to shop, going to work, you know, sitting in the house, whatever you're comfortable with. And then on the outside of the circle, writing the things that you're uncomfortable with. So, you know, for, for many people, that might be going to gym, you know, whatever it is to that person. And the more th- the more times you do them things on the outside of your comfort zone, your circle then grows. And then them things that were on the outside the comfort zone are then on the inside your comfort zone. And the more you keep, you know, pushing to find things that are outside your comfort zone, the more you grow as a person. So um, I feel like 
the marathon is 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 a great opportunity for for people to 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 overcome one of them things that that's definitely on the outside the comfort zone. You yourself, you love growing that comfort zone, now, don't you? Yeah. You're all about that. <laughs> definitely, yeah. You have done some sick shit, Simo. Yeah. So, you pedaled from Alderay yeah. to Buckingham Palace. Yeah. You've fucking done three back-to-back marathons. Yeah. You set up some run around Sefton Park, 24 hours, non-stop. Yeah, that was the one that picked the... Uh, <laughs> Can I just ask as well quickly? Go on. Who thinks of this shit, lad? Is it you? Um, me, one, one of my mates, my old mates, um, I used to do the challenges with him. But, um, Either way, you just both need your fucking head testing, <laughs> lad. Um, and you done another one, coast to coast as well, didn't you? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, again, that was with clients. That was last year. Okay, walk me through the first one, then let's let, let, let's start on the first one. I spoke to you about you pedaled from all the way to Buckingham Palace. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that was um, that was for a friend of a friend's um, child who had leukemia. Um, so we so we we pedaled to raise money for for the charity for that. Um, that was a funny tip, to be honest. <laughs> For a good course as well. It was a good course, yeah. How long did it take you? Because I was having a little look, and lad, it's about 208 miles or something from, yeah. from Alderay yeah. to Buckingham Palace. Yeah, it was over two days, to be honest, the fit that we were going to try and do, do it in one day. And we ended up on, um, I think it was a B road in the middle of the night. We had, we had lights on the bike, like, and... Uh, <laughs> This lorry come round the corner and just like nearly took me out to the front. So we just, we were locked in here, this hotel, but when I got uh, it's down in the hotel, because it was just too dangerous, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. How many out? have you just done it? I think there was five, five or six. Yeah. Some going like, yeah. some going. So, so you done that. Um, and then from there, Three back-to-back marathons. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I think he only um, I agreed that about I think about two weeks before to that one. And the only training I'd done for that, I, I was living in down south at the time. So I thought I'll break up a half marathon each day, so I ran a half marathon. I think I ran a half marathon like pretty quick like. So I thought that's you know, I've pushed pushed the fallout. And then the following day, I ran, a, I ran a half marathon on the rower. It's the longest I've ever done it on the rower. Probably the most I've done before that. It's like 2K. So um, half marathon's like 20, 21K. So uh, I, I, I was going for it. I ended up just trying to go for it the last, the last uh, like, I think 15 minutes to get, it, get a sub-130. Don't know if ever... <laughs> Go on. You can see if you can leave this out or not, but uh, nah, put it in. I give myself piles. <laughs> I give myself piles. So I was rolling that hard. Yeah, yeah. to leave that out. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was heavy because I was just literally going for that hard. Yeah, yeah, I was just in the zone. I was just obviously straining my stomach. I'm like, I'm not really a robber. I don't know what to roll over me. So I was just going for You're it. You're weird, then, no. Yeah. Nearly put myself in Aussie off road. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you done these three back-to-back marathons, yeah, one's a run. Yeah, we ran, we ran, ran a marathon on the treadmill. Um, 
then we rolled a marathon, which was straight after, yeah. Straight after, which was probably the hardest one out of the three, I think. And then we uh, biked the marathon on, on the soul bike. Yeah, took like took nine hours, nine half these, hours, I think. See these marathons were there, twenty-seven miles each one, yeah. Twenty-six, twenty-six, 26 two, two yeah. Twenty-six two. Shit. On, on the road, where it's like forty-two thousand something. I think forty-two thousand one hundred meters. Twenty forty-six. You, you're talking about fucking. You're talking nearly ninety mile, aren't you? You know. What it's I mean? a few like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Insane. Yeah. It was funny, you know, because, you know, after that, right, it, we, I think we'd done that Christmas Eve and I went to um, West Derby Village to Sefton on the um, on, on Christmas Eve. The, the, the day after. Oh. Christmas Eve Eve, yeah, so we went Walking the day after. like John Wayne. Yeah, literally, like, and I remember <laughs> seeing, like, the few of the lads and everyone was going, like, you know, how, how are you feeling? I was just, like, sad, you know? Do you know what I mean? It's funny of an hourly walk, yeah. <laughs> me feet, me, 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 me two little toes on me feet, like... The whole, my whole entire two little toes on both feet were like completely blistered. It turned into like one foot, like probably the worst blisters I've ever had. Yeah, no wonder. Yeah. There's, there's endurance challenges and then there's stuff like that. Yeah. So so what did you do that for? Was it to raise money for yeah, the fibrillator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fibrillator, yeah, we raised it. And I think we raised about 3k. For the defibrillator, yeah. Nice that. Yeah, for, yeah. For Derby Lane. For Derby Lane, yeah. I think I think someone someone died in um, in peak performance, and like they done a challenge there to like raise raise money, you know, for the defibrillator for the for the gym. So we just sort of done the same thing, go for a good cause, innit? Yeah, you should potentially saving someone's life for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, now this next one just fucking blows me mind when I think about it. Like some people say. Yeah, let's let's run ten k or let's even do a fucking marathon. But who thinks like let's run for twenty four hours? Know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's insane. There's a there's like I'm not too sure if you've seen them. There's like American endurance races in the way like they're mm-hmm. all, like the the, the the major endurance races like in um, nah. Do you know do you know one now? Nah? I think. Um, it was about two weeks before we were doing another challenge. We managed to call it a Langollen round, which is like a, th- a, th- a 30 mile round, like about a 30, 35 mile round in, um, in Wales. And we were taking um, a group up there, for Men Matter group. And um, me, me and Mick went up the day before and went to run it. So we get like familiar with it because it would be good training for like the 24 hour run and just got caught in like the craziest like snow blizzard. We ended up in this like in this little cafe in the middle of it, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we were there back there the next day. So we went back the next day and we we got everyone round and like it, it it, it, the weather conditions were like tough in the night. It took us about 17 hours, I think. And Shit. yeah. And um, was there a purpose to this or was this? Yeah, cha- it was just for charity. Challenge? Yeah, it was for charity for the Men Matter, raise, raising money for that. And, and uh, what is Men Matter? It's um, an awareness thing. Yeah, yeah, for, for men's mental health. Mental load, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it just completely just wrote my knee off. So I literally didn't run for like two weeks before the 24 hour run, just completely rested my legs, hoping it'd get better. So 
just went into it with a bad mindset before it even before like it even started running. I just went into it with, like with just a bad mindset, just like you know, just completely thinking about me need more yeah, or less so from the first lap. It's understandable though, isn't it? Coming off the back of that. Yeah, yeah. But then like you know, obviously understanding getting get to understand the power of your mind a little bit more then actually that's where my whole attention was from the first lap. I was just thinking about me knee. And uh, I ended up running for like I ended up going for like seventeen hours and I lost I lost track of how many how many laps I'd done. But it was like seventeen hours that, that seventeen that. hours running no like yeah. it's trying to content like if you say it you're just saying it's in there now normal like it's not in yet seventeen hours but yeah. anybody who knows exercise knows running for an hour is tough. Yeah. Very tough. Some people running for ten minutes is tough, yeah. but running for an hour is 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 our going? Yeah. But to run for seventeen hours—that's that's pushing the barrier. That's going through. Yeah. That's some mental endurance, you know. We we were we were walking, like towards the end of it. Like I think we ran the first twenty miles in um, like in in like a pretty decent time, like three three and a half hours. So like it was a good pace to start, but it was just a bit. It was just. I just remember, remember like just packing it in and I remember just sitting there and just thinking like I was in, I was in my car I remember just like being a pain in my knee I remember just thinking like I sort of went like I um, backed off the endurance stuff a little bit just had a few was just had a few niggling injuries and I was, I was just thinking like just can't, can't be keep doing this do you know what I mean? Was there other people running that with you? Like yeah. was the people turning up and taking part? Yeah, yeah. Like oh everyone was turning up. Like all the lads were turning up and just Just doing a few laps. Just doing a few laps, yeah, like throughout the day. Yeah. I bet you more and more as that run went on <laughs> people were turning up like because obviously when new people are turning up at first it's like what's happening lad you're alright and you just run together and after a while when new people are turning up yeah. you've been there for a long time yeah. your mind's elsewhere isn't Definitely, it? you know what yeah. I mean it's digging time now yeah it? it's hard it's hard to like when you do think when you do anything like that's endurance you just have want to be on your own that's what I mean because like it's, it's in a very uncomfortable yeah. place for you you're investing like you're finding yourself en energy again into people like continuously and it's you against you because you're in there when you're running you've got to find that mental space where you can just dig in yeah yeah and they're turning up hiya lad you know like. yeah <laughs> How's your half, fella? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cracking course there, she's Crash, doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really dope. Um, so, moving on then, coast to coast. The coast to coast? Ah, oh, that was a funny trip, that. That was a funny trip. We, for the coast to coast, we, we trained for that, actually. Like, the, me and the lads, who were doing it. There's a change. Yeah, we, uh, we were set, I was setting up every week, like, different different bike rides. was was getting on, like, this uh, one Strava and plan bike, bike routes every weekend and every Sunday. Or Saturday, we go on a bike ride together. We've done some boss, boss rides all over Wales and that, like, some quality ones. And uh, when it comes to, to, to coast to coast, everybody was saying, like, we've done it over two days. Boss. It was a laugh, yeah. Prior to that, yeah. um, did you do much biking? You know, do you, you know mm, not really. I used to when I was younger, yeah. I used, yeah. To, yeah. I used to live on my mountain bike for a good few years when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. So you're out accustomed to being on a bike. Like, yeah, yeah. I used, I used to love my mountain bike when I was younger. Yeah, I used to live on it. But road bike, road bike was all new to me. You love, like, all, all them challenges, what, what we're talking about there. They're all, like, 
extreme endurance challenges, aren't he? Like, he seems to thrive in that type of environment, which moves me on to, like, the next part, which I'm dying to talk to you about. Um, mountaineering. Yeah. You know, man who likes the great outdoors, aren't you? Yeah. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not even going to cut corners. Let's just get into the good shit. Yeah. <laughs> You've climbed some sick mountains, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, Mount Sukal. Mount Sukal, yeah. Yeah. Mount Sukal was, was, was... Tell uh, me about this, Simon. Mount Sukal was, was the coldest I've ever been. That's the coldest I've ever been in my life, was on, was on that mountain. See that mountain? Yeah. That's in Morocco, isn't it? Yeah, North Africa, yeah. Morocco, I think it's like the highest mountain in North in Africa. In the Atlas Mountains, In the Atlas Mountains, yeah. I went to Marrakesh. Yeah. Um, with a friend. Um, five days, we stayed in the old town. And um, it was one of the hottest I've ever been. Yeah. And you could see the heat in the air. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, you could, when, when we when we um, we flew in and we landed, we went the mountains ourselves and met the Berber people. Um, and did you drink the tea? Yeah, we had green tea. Look, we were sitting on the sederi with like with, with the Berber people who were like they were the original Arabs, you know, yeah, the original yeah, yeah. Moroccans. And um, lad, you know when you go like the fucking museum here. That was how they were living. It was yeah. medieval, you know what yeah, I mean? They were yeah. living, they had like livestock, they were living off the land. Yeah. And um, like, we went in the, like, in the kitchen area and I was just like, this, this is how they're living now today. Everything was made out of concrete and it was a mind blowing experience. Yeah. It, it, it was unbelievable. But we, we, like, when we went up the mountain, um, at the bottom, they made pottery, all the people who lived in that part of the mountain. And then we made argan oil with like the locals. It was, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Like it was all our ladies, like all the women. And yeah, we, we, we went through the process of making argan oil and we got to keep some and, and take some home with us. Um, go for your hair and your skin and all that. And then like the next part of the mountain was like, um, Trying to remember, they made rugs. It was all like uh, taps, you know, like the, the rugs you see in John Lewis here. Yeah. That's where they were all getting made and they showed you how they made them. And, and then there was another part with done jewelry, but it was dead interesting. And um, we done loads there. We went to Sahara Desert and all that. But yeah, we seen the Atlas Mountains as well because it's crazy. Like you can see them and and you can see the snow on them and you're in the place. Yeah. So enough about me. Tell me about this mountain. Um, like you were saying there, we we got dropped off into this village and we didn't have a guard and we just got dropped off into this village, right? And like we jumped out this cabin, obviously. It's, like you're world, saying, it? it's, it's a poor, poor place. And like we all jumped out with like big, bright North Face mountain gear on. We went when we went to the hotel when we got there straight away. I said to me, mate, we're getting changed. Yeah. Right now. Because yeah, yeah. you know what as well? I just it humbled me. Like yeah, I didn't want to be going around in 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 clothes with designer clothes and stuff like that. Because these where we stayed in the old town, they they live in a completely different lifestyle, do you know yeah. what I mean? And it was just yeah. like it, it it blew me away the the way they did live. Yeah. And we we, we we just jumped out this cab and just looked like 
Ik moest het toch wel uit de paas aan het bewaren. Het is zo de wind, het is toch om flying op de shops. Dus we hebben het af en toe voor de sky, het lekker on is. Het is fella, dus shout at this little boy. Moest er bijna een bal zijn, boy. Het is een jong, jong lad. Wat dan ook, moest er bijna een bal zijn. Het is een teenager, het is een teenager. Dus shout at this lad. Dus like said something to him, this lad just ran off. En hij was like, he's your guard. Dus lad just come from the back, he had no food on him. Hij had like a little bag. When we got to the top of the mountain, one of us crampons broke and he had one crampon, he had like a little skinny pair of like kecks, like not even a thick coat or nothing. Wow. Yeah, honestly, and he just, that's how poor it is. They're obviously they obviously just sent him up for, the, for, for, for money, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like we, we were walking through all the villages and, and like what you're saying, it just humbles you because you just realize like how some people are living and you know one thing you always remember about the kids they were coming up to us trying to sell us all, like orange juice what are you making off the free orange yeah, juice the squishing the, the squashing yeah the that they were all happy mate they were all happy they're the happiest they, they, they were they all were, happy yeah they had nothing and they were all happy we, we, when we were eating um, in the night time we were having street food and like those little kids going welcome Morocco and like they're all yeah. smiling and happy but there was there was refugees from Syria on, on, on like and you could tell they were they were broke they were poor and um, obviously like the money we had there in our country to their country we 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 were loaded when we were there so in the night time and um, when we were going out I was buying a load of street food you could get it that cheap and like um, I was just giving it away to them uh, and you should have seen the reaction like. Right, you know, when you're like, you're in town, you might just give someone a buzzy or a coffee or whatever, and then they're obviously they made up with it, but these people, like, they were crying and that, knowing you were giving them food and that, and it just blew you away, like, these are, they were poor, mm. really, really poor people, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it was just, it was proper eye-opening. Yeah. So, so, tell me about the mountain anyway, so much. Yeah, so, um, we got to, like, the, like, almost the big camp. I'm not too sure how high that was. We walked 3,000 odd meters and you, 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 spe- you sort of spend the night. You leave, you leave early. You leave like early hours when you do mountains. So like there's less chance of avalanches because obviously it's colder. So it's like the safest time to leave. So we left, we left like early hours in the morning. So, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. So I can understand this. Yeah. You survived. Um, where did you go? Did you go to Marrakesh? Did you first? Or yeah, yeah, we went, so to, went Marrakesh, to Marrakesh. Yeah. And got, then you, you, you met got a cab to the mountain. You got a cab to the mountain. Did you have mad over there as wow, well? Wow, like the road you see, like <laughs> on top gear and all that. People like them, just big cliffs, no barriers on the mountain. You're just thinking, whoa. So, um, where's the guard? Have you met the guard yet? No, no, no. So no, no, no taxi, yeah. you just get there. So they send this little dude over to you. Yeah, yeah, because we were all harassing the same. We can't get past the border unless we've got a guard. Yeah, yeah. But like, we st- I, I mean, everybody had the guard, but I just thought it was a bluff just to get money yeah, off to get journey, money out, so yeah. I just wasn't having it. But yeah. Like, we ended up just getting one anyway. Yes, he sent off of this lad, he come back and... Uh, so now, <coughs> so now he's starting the ascent now when you when when you when you cross yeah, the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're out of the taxi, you're with this guard. Yeah. Um, is it a walk? Is it a yeah, climb? What are we talking? Like we would walk, you'd walk through like a bit of mount, a few mountains, and then like gravel tracks, and then you'd come like into a little village. They were all the villages were like close to the river. At the lower end, what was the weather like? Sand. Nice. Sand, yeah. 
And as you were getting higher? As you get higher, yeah, obviously. It gets colder. It gets cold, yeah. It starts to get colder and colder. It's you get. So, was it the daytime when you when you, when you you started from, from the very bottom? Yeah, then you get to this base camp. Then you get to, like, the base camp where, that's what I was saying, you, you don't really, like, sleep. You, you spend the night there. But, like, you get up early hours in the morning. Obviously, because there's less chance of avalanches, so we got up early hours in the morning. And then, like, basically got to the base camp. I just had, had some food and... Like that, and what like time a, was a, that? Was a, a couple of hours sleep. Was that the evening time when you arrived there? Yeah. Like the late afternoon. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> we just started the ascent, but like the wind, the wind was about like I think it was about about minus thirty. The the wind chills, and like I remember being that cold. Like I had I had like ski poles, walking poles. I remember being that cold, my hands are suffering with my hands a little bit anyway. Like they always cut through, they're all like hot or cold, my hands, so I've got to be careful with them. And like, I remember my hands, I was holding the ski poles and like, they started like hitting me, my hands stinging. And I remember trying like oh, open my hands and like just couldn't hardly open my hands. I remember just thinking like, that's not good so far in this little rock. I remember just like, put my hands in the creases of my knees and just like squatted down. I was just sitting down behind this little rock out, you know, up to the wind. Yeah. Just got the feeling back into my hands. And then just carried on. And then Mick was at the top, and like it was that cold at the top. Steve was on his way up. Must have been about maybe 50 yards from us. And it was that, we were like, we were that cold. We were, we were just going to go because we couldn't even stand at the top because the wind was that bad. Was it dark? Yeah, no, it was like morning time now. Do you know between the base camp and, and the summers? Yeah. Was the moments in your mind where you thought, Fuck this, I want to turn around, but you were too far gone. Oh no, you're 100% um, dead set on reaching that top. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I've had them thoughts on other mountains, like... We'll come to that in a minute. Yeah, definitely. So you so you're at the mountain anyway, yeah? Yeah, come back down, get out to the bad weather. I remember walking down it, and we, we, we'd split up again. So I was on my own on this bit, walking down it. I remember like just looking around and there was just the biggest mountain just all around me. And I remember just having like this probably euphoric moments when I was walking down, just thinking like, oh my God, do you know what I mean? Was it surreal where you were? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I feel like when you see the mountains here, you think the mountains here are big. And then when you go abroad and see them abroad, you realise that like these are just like, I mean, they are, they are, they are like amazing mountains over here, but it's just a, diff it's just a different place. When you're going to do a mountain like that? Yeah. What are you taking with you to attack a mountain like that? Um, Obviously, you're not just going empty-handed. What are you taking? Yeah, you need to take... Well, when, we, when we've done when we've done the other ones abroad, you need to literally take, like, everything you need for, for five days. So the kit, what you've got with you when you're actually climbing that mountain must yeah. be some kit. Wow, yeah, like... like not so much to Carl, but the other, the Mont Blanc have done. That, that when, when I've done that, like the kit you carry, you need to like sit down on, onto a rock almost. You're done, you you don't, when you've got a bagging and your back's burning, that battery is trying to just... No, because it's that heavy. Thirsty. Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't just take it off your back, yeah, do you Yeah, because you, you, you like, know if you put that down, yeah. you've got to pick it back up again. So like, even to get it on, you've got to like sort of put your back onto it <laughs> and like sort of stand up, do you know what I mean? So hang on a minute, right? You, you, you done Grand Paradiso? In Italy, yeah. In Italy? And you climb Mont Blanc? Yeah. 
did you do them back to back? They, they were both back to back, yeah. In a day, yeah. Lad, most people climb Everton Hills, maybe even Snowden. <laughs> 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 and you're doing um, you're just rattling these grand paradise holes on Mont Blanc's off to to me like um, the running a mill mountains wow yeah that was the hardest thing I've done then did you plan that or was it something that was just like yeah it was in, planned yeah impulsive no yeah it was planned yeah it was planned we went, we went the year before and that's our attempt, attempted to summit Mont Blanc and we, we got about um Oh, we literally got about, I'm not too sure, sure in distance, how far it was in distance, but it was about, honestly, a couple hundred metres from the top, maybe like 400 metres no. in elevation, yeah. And we got we got, we got to a, a crevasse that someone had fell down the, um, a couple of days before, I think, and it just opened up this like bit of a crevasse on the mountain. And like we just didn't have the equipment to get up and over. So we like we got that close wow. to the top and, and had to come back down. So we, wow. we went back the year after, yeah. So you knew what you were up against this time? Yeah, I realised probably like how much I'd underestimated it. Yeah, the, the first time, time. The first time was completely 100% underestimated it. And like, you think you were naive maybe? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Because you'd never been up against that type of... Nev never like, you know, heard of altitude sickness, but never thought I'd, I'd suffer with it. There's levels, isn't there, similar to anything, and this is this is this is the the next level in it. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it, it was. What was altitude sickness like? <sighs> just this little hut, just this little shed hut. About, I think it's about four thousand two hundred meters, and it's half like the last stop off point up until the top and it's not really a stop off point I mean it's like it's literally a, a metal container shed and like to get in it you've got to climb under it and climb up a ladder and you go into it and like it's literally as big as this room with like a few shelves either side with big thick blankets on that you can go in and like if you know if anyone's in, in danger get the blankets on and get in here out, out, out of the weather and like the first time we went in here on the way up After suffering with like the attitude sickness, all I wanted to do was just go, just lie down and just like fall God asleep. Me. Felt like I kept wanting to be sick and like just completely, completely 100%, like just drained me. And, well, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the hardest decisions to get up. And, was like, that one of them moments where it's like, don't stop because if I stop now, I'm not going to start again? No, just completely, I like, just wanted to stop. Honestly, yeah, just wanted to stop. Yeah. So, the first time you attempted it, yeah, and you never, I wouldn't say you failed because 400 meters in elevation from the summit and not having the materials to be able to to execute the summit. All right, yeah, you never, you, you never summited the mountain, but it's not a failure, is it? Let's be on, let, let's let's have that state. But you've come very, very close, and obviously, it. it it's for yourself, it's not close enough. You're going back, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So walk me through that then. So a year later, um, you, you're going back. It was to do, it was to do a, basically a European three peaks, one in one in Italy, um, highest mountain in Italy, Grand Paradiso, then into France and then into Switzerland. And uh, obviously we start off with Grand Paradiso. So you flew into Italy? Flew into, into Switzerland, into Geneva. And rented it, rented it like a, like about a seven-seater up, you know, one of the bigger cars, what the nine-seaters also on the bigger yeah. cars, yeah. 
and the sea just drove, drove into Italy in the middle of the night. What was Switzerland like? The, like driving around the Alps is, is um, it's like all the things you see off, off like, you know, Instagram and, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's all, it's all the things like you, you see off that, it's just so like picturesque, like the roads and the mountains ranging and stuff like the, there's a few little points where you can stop off where like obviously like the like the, the right stop off points because of the views do you know what I mean there's people laying like there's just the backdrops on them are just like not you've ever seen before yeah what, the Switzerland's nice it's dead fresh I've always fancied a little um, a little slice a little, yeah I thought I'd just ask you about it <laughs> yeah so Switzerland, you've landed in Geneva, you've rented the car and um, now where are you going to? Um, a campsite in Italy. To start, to start Grand Paradiso? To start Grand Paradiso, literally, a couple of hours later. <laughs> Whereabouts in Italy's Grand Paradiso? Is it Chirin where you... I'm not too sure, you know. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Okay. So you've Drove into. But we, we, we got we got the campsite and uh, it was late. Never got there till late. Had a bit of trouble finding him. We got there. It's just set up our tent. And then again, because you leave early hours, we were up at like one in the morning to go and do. That's another thing that I never really took into account. But just as you've said that then, and it's it's so obvious, but it's something that I hadn't really thought about. Like when you're saying you're camping. So, obviously, the level of sleep you're getting is shite, innit? You know, it's not like you're not staying in a nice hotel and getting up fresh as, ready to go. It's, you, you're, you're surviving, aren't you? Because you know, obviously you're carrying what you need on your back. Everything's got to be, like, you know, compactable and, and, and small so, like, it all fits into your back. Have you, have you ever slept on, on a self-inflating air, air bed? And it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell about that, you know, yeah, horrible. And if you, and sometimes you can hear it comes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, your kid, mm. the way you pack it's important, so obviously, because. Yeah, priorities. Yeah, obviously, if you've got something at the bottom of that bag and you need it and it's in the bottom of your bag and you're fucking doomed. Yeah. Because you've got to get everything else out. Course, that ain't yeah. the type of weather you yeah. want to be getting. Messing around then, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're camping also as well. Where was you camping? No, when you say we were camping, was it just like you were picking a spot? Or oh, nah, no, we designated we, we, places we, we, to we camp? Booked, we booked a campsite in Italy, yeah. It's a proper campsite, like. So you're on a campsite, you're camping yeah. now. Yeah. And you're about to obviously go for Grand Paradiso. Mm. Let's go then, tell me about it. Up in the morning, and you start off this walk through, through a forest. Through this big forest in the dark. So I was just walking through this forest for, for, for ages to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started to like come out on the mountain thing. We got to like the last little hut where people usually go to, spend the night and go from there. So we got to this little hut. I think we went and had some coffee and stuff like that. And we, we set out for like the, la the last push then. Um, but we ended up crossing this we end up crossing the glacier with like I've got I've got a video of, of me crossing a crevasse on my Instagram and that was like the, that was the first crevasse might, I ever, I ever crossed you might be able to pull that up yeah yeah that was the first crevasse I ever crossed but then like the crevasses after that like you wouldn't even get your phone out because you just wanted to stay that was like 
down down the list of like what was going on in your mind do you know what I mean so I think I get my phone out and video this because it was that serious with like some of the crevasses we were crossing but like um, tell me about them crevasses Simo you know when you're saying like what is it just blackness what is it yeah literally just nothing just some of them were massive like honestly were massive and like so what's the what you know what you're walking on yeah you need your foot yeah your feet yeah how wide's that some parts like not wide at all like some parts like i'm not messing if some parts just like broke you'd go when you say not wide at all as wide as this room as wide as this no. half of this room as wide as what no like some probably only like a couple of foot Oh, and what it's just the abyss either side just like on one side yeah maybe or like yeah it's just it's, it's, it's nasty like it's naughty and is it dark when you're doing this nah we got to that in, the, in, in, in like more towards in the morning we had to cross that but once we got past that it was it was sad Um, how long does it take yeah from the start to the summit uh, the whole day was like 12 hours so the whole the whole entire day was like 12 hours we done we done it all in like 12 hours the mountain was that intense yeah probably like the worst worst i've ever been mindset wise on a mountain before and like i realized like the power of my mind like sooner was on it I don't know what it was i was just remember just like saying to yourself like you know, asking yourself them questions, what am I doing here? Yeah. I'm not doing these mountains no more, these aren't for me, I'm not doing Mont Blanc tomorrow and all that, you know what I mean? Just like, just in a, just in a bad mindset. Yeah. And then, once I got down, like, shook it off. <laughs> that was from the obviously the adrenaline, I've just mm-hmm. done, done the mountain. So I also like pick me back up again to get ready for the next day. Big mistake, that was the next day you're thinking, fucking dickhead of show. <laughs> Comes to that in a minute though. Um, just the thought that crossed my mind. What made you want to do it in the first place? Like, was it the enormous, enormous, uh, the enormity of the challenge? How big it was? Like, think to yourself, is that what what sort of drove you towards the mountains, or was it just you just had the passion to do it? Good question. Like. I don't know, like I started climbing mountains and and just like got completely hooked on it. I think just, that just, was because of the like obviously your nature. Yeah, yeah, like the a challenge. challenge. Yeah. Of course, yeah, and it was just also finding, you know, after some scenes, yeah, I feel like all the mountains I have like I have done in the past. Like I think they've granted me a pass from me, me naiveness, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, when you say that, do you mean, like... Like, the, da- lucky, the, yeah, the danger, yeah, the yeah, danger. Yeah. The danger to your knowledge. Yeah. Really, you yeah. should... With, with, with the knowledge and the ability you had... Yeah. You shouldn't have really been attempting that type of level of mountain. Is that what you're saying to me? Because it, it does done it a lot, a lot, a lot safer, yeah. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. But like, the cancer, the cancer is a pass. 
Kaplaasje. Ja, En zo. Je finish kramp had het iets zo. Ja. Had je veel? Goed. Wie wacht het is, wie wacht het is, dat zal die in kamp zijn, laat je het karaar uit staan. Ik ben van een paskip. Als, als je wilt, moet je op de next day. En dat is like, al aan de site showers. En in showers, like, er is een glacier, er is een river right next to us on the campsite. We komen af de mountain, like een glacier river. Je ziet right next to the campsite where we were camping, lovely. En we gaan naar deze showers on site showers, dus like these outdoor ones. En we hebben gewoon een shower on, en we zijn like water steeds off the river. So it was like, ice. The coldest shower ever. Zo zijn ze van gaan beleefd daar. Nog een foto, warm shower achter de mouw en gaan het vriezen kopen. En een van de lads went in, at the very last time, de warm man was at the bottom. No way. Ja, yeah. so dat was een warm man. Dat was een warm man. Je zegt, no, it was better to get the cold one, because lad, you're only going back in them elements again anyway. Oh my god. Grandpa had it so. Now you're going to Mont Blanc. Can yeah. I just ask before you, before, before you tell me about this, mm-hmm. you'd already climbed Mont Blanc before. Yeah. What was Grand Paradiso like in compared to Mont Blanc? If you'd have to put them in comparison next to each other, obviously Grand Paradiso was, was, was a tough mountain. Yeah. Is Mont Blanc harder? Yeah, definitely. Mont Blanc's harder, yeah. Do you think it would have been better if you would have started the challenge the other way around because you were starting with the harder stuff and moving on to the easier or do you think it didn't matter? Um, it's just the way like the 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 roof the fell. Yeah, that was the sensible way to do it. Yeah. So you've got that Mont Blanc. Is it? I mean, Grand Paradis. Oh, was it? Was it day night? What was it? What was it like when you got down? Oh yeah, it was daytime. So <laughs> daytime, yeah. So we had we had we had we just chilled out, had some food, chilled out. As you do. As you do. <laughs> just, just chilled. Just yeah. chilled out. Had a bit of scram in there. Really dumb. And then and then what? Got out of town. Woke up in the morning. And then we uh, we crossed we crossed the Italian all the Italian Alps to get to get over to France. The border of France. Yeah, I remember stopping off in this like this like wooden wooden restaurant on this road in the in the Alps. And this and just yeah, boss. And ended up getting this grand there. This grand was lovely as well. What type of food were you? That was Italian. That was still in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, proper gear. The good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah, that's before I like wine as well. Why did it been on the wine, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might not see Mont Blanc. Really, <laughs> so, uh, so, no, when you crossed the border from Italy to France, yeah. was there a moment where you knew you were crossing the border or not? Yeah, we, cro- we, we went under the, um, have you seen the Mont Blanc tunnel? No. Yeah, it's like a pretty famous tunnel. We went through the Mont Blanc tunnel. I'll have to check that out now. Yeah, it's like a literally a tunnel, miles long, like right underneath the mountain. But like the closer you get, so obviously you start to see it. And, you think and is that is that the crossing? Is that yeah, from? Yeah. Is that where the border is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you come through the tunnel, and now you're at the, the foot of the mountain type of thing, or have you got a bit of travelling to do from from the tunnel to actually get to? To start the mountain. Yeah, we 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 more or less just started. Yeah, got right on it straight away. No straight away, around. yeah. And um, we walked up to the bit again. Walked up to the base camp. Got the tram into the mountain and walked up to the base camp, the first base camp, the Teddy Russo. And then 
spent the night in this big, if you can get the pitch up, I'll show you the pictures. I spent the night in this big, like, modern tent with all these foreign fellas in. And you were just proper noisy all night as well. It's like a big, massive tent with all this, like, little army, like, almost army bunk beds in, do you know what I mean? Just where everyone just, like, spends the night. Wow. And, and yeah. you sound asleep. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But <laughs> it's not happening. Just jump up and just have the body shot of it. <laughs> 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 Did you know what time it was when you landed? <laughs> yeah. So, um, after a few rounds and a rough night, what, you're open house again out of the next yeah. day? so you wake up again early, get, get time, get a bit like a, a sort of warm drink in you, get a coffee in you. And uh, we got started, but this, this part that you cross is called the Grand Calore. And it's like the most dangerous part, on, one of the most dangerous parts on the mountain where everyone dies. And it's basically like, that's the reason you cross that mountain in the night. Because when you're there in the daytime, when the ice starts to melt, obviously you get rockfall. And the rock falls down this part of the mountain that you've got to cross to get onto the actual climb. Wow. So sometimes you can be there and like, you know, just, just chilling out of the day, wait, waiting for the night. And, you're just like, they're all like obviously foreign people all just showing like, because the people who are on the side climbing up the mountain have got to take cover as well because they all get like, you know, the shatters of the rock. And sometimes you're looking and like, the, I mean, it don't happen all the time, but when like, I've I seen one, one big one that happened there and you're just looking thinking, oh my God, I'm literally crossing that. It's like just raining rocks on it. I'm like standing back thinking, wow, I'm crossing that. Can you hear them some older rocks? Yeah, so sometimes you can hear the glacier move or the rocks fall of a night and it's, uh, it's like... What's it sound? Sounds like thunder. It sounds literally, it's like, it's dead deep. It just literally sounds like thunder and you think, oh my God. Yeah. And it's dark as well. When it's you dark know. as well. <laughs> Need your big boy pants on lad, when you're out there. Big undies. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, so we got up on the night and then we had, we had this part and it's like all... You know what scree is? It's like whole scree with like whole rocks on. And there's like, there's a safety wire to cross it, but that's potentially like half more dangerous if like, if, if, if you come unstuck, do you know what I mean? If you're stuck on that. So you just like sort of walk up the side of it and you find and like the best bit to just like get across it. And See like, when you're actually crossing this. Yeah, you, your heart pounding. It's pounding, you're just thinking, like, what you think is like, just focus on where you're running, just think, get across, get across. Get across it as quick as you can. And once you get to the side, you're like, What's it like when you're actually crossing it, Simon? Like, walk me through that. It's steep. It's pretty steep. And like, you just look, you're literally looking for like almost the flattest path. Or like, if a couple of people have crossed before, you'll sort of see like a few flat rocks where you sort dark. of make out a bit of a path. Yeah. It's dark, yeah. Just with your head torch head on, torch. yeah. Yeah. Was it snowing or? Not at this part, no. Not at the, not. At the, I mean, it is higher up, but not at this part. There was no snow, no. I mean, you climb, you climb up this part, and like this, this is like a dangerous part as well. But like, you literally walk. What up, was that park called again? The Grand, the Grand Calore. Grand Calore. You walk, you climb up this part. That's like nine meters high, basically. Just like nine meters high is like the height of a Scarfell Pike. It's the highest mountain in the in in England. So you literally climb up this part, that's like that. And you, you walk around, shimmying down like little bits of rock in the freezing cold. And like, I feel like it's better with your hands. You get, get a better grip when it's cold, you know what I mean? With your actual hands. So mm. it's not like, it's, you feel safer. So I didn't want to wear gloves. You know what I 
mean? So like you, you, you're climbing up this part and you're shimmying around little bits. Shit, so it's not a walk now. This is a climb. Yeah, this is a, like, this is, this is heavy. This is proper heavy. Like people go on about Gribgoch and stuff like that. Like this part's, this part's heavy. Like if you fall off, you're dead. Like you're not, there's no like little twisted ankle or not. Like you're, you're mashed up. What's the thing? What, what, have you got safety equipment with you here or what? Yeah, yeah. So we had, we, we all had our ropes and harnesses um, with us. And then once we got to the top of that, that's when there's snow. When you get to the top there, there's literally snow and it's like this. It's like a metal floor where you climb up onto and like, that's a scary part of the mountain because you, you're then putting your crampons on and getting your big coat on and getting geared up to get into the cold weather then. See the crampons? Mm. I'm surmising near them things that you put on your feet what are like spikes. Basically, yeah. Basically, it's just, you, you, need, you, need, you, get, you get like a, a special boot that, that's like compatible for a crampon and then you, you put like, you just like basically metal spikes, spikes like that on the top and the bottom of your foot. Just gives you, it gives you like grip onto ice and snow. With it being dark, does that have an airiness to it? Yeah, it's just completely quiet. It's completely quiet. There's no, there's no like, there's no noise. No, the elements, the weather. Yeah. That's obviously a massive impact in it because it's like anything. Yeah. If you're going for a stroll and it's nice and sunny, it's lovely. Yeah. But if you're going for a stroll and it's pissing down and freezing cold. Yeah. It can become uncomfortable quick. Mm. Do you know the first time I went again, like just being naive with the mountain, went a little bit ill-prepared and didn't have a balaclava or like a half-face scarf, scarf. I remember walking up the first time and like the wind was that cold on my face. But because of the altitude, I was trying to tuck my face into behind me, behind me coat. But because of the altitude, I felt like I couldn't breathe. So I had to just like half just leave my face out and just like, or like sort of take a breath and I was just like yeah, up and down to keep the wind down. off my face. But it's shit like that, that can fuck with your mentality because you can't get in a rhythm yeah. because you're uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like you get sunburned, the wind burn. Yeah, face goes like red. It's like that. Some experience though, isn't it? Yeah. So once you get over, once you get over this like this 900 meter climb, mm. it's not over. Get your crampons on. <laughs> get your crampons on, lad, you're get, over. <laughs> get your big coat on, yeah. Get the big fella on. And then you get all roped in, hands in together then. And then you start. See at this, this point as well. Yeah. There's obviously yourself and, and your comrades, your mates who you're climbing with. Yeah. Are you with anybody else who's an expert? No. Just the lads. <laughs> Just the boys. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you were saying uh, that you thought you were grand of the pass. And from Movama to Mont Blanc. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. There's nothing in between with you. So, you're all honest in together. What's the score now to get to the top? <laughs> One foot in front of the other. So yeah, so you never had a guide. And you're just out there with a few of the lads. Just out there. So, you're all strapped in together now. Yeah. One foot in front of the other to the top. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, it's not like a mountain you do with the lads where like, you know, you're all chatting and stuff. It's literally, everyone's just strapped in. Is there, a, is there an element of enjoyment in the sense of it's that fucking horrible? You know that this is this is fucking this is brilliant. 
because it's that horrible, you know it was sort of like look if you went there and it was a weekend in Butlins, you'd be devil you'd be you'd be you'd be disappointed because yeah. you were expecting a challenge. Yeah. Now the challenge is is so great that it's it's near nothing bearable yeah. at the same time. You know there's gonna be some elements of of joy at the end of, well a massive element of joy at the end of it because of the achievement so big. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'll tell you what helped me now but I feel like just ju- just from after completing it skipping it a day like but just from after completing it and like other, other hard things that I have completed in my life like like the hard the harder the harder something is like the better the reward do you know what I mean like the hard the harder you work for something the harder like you know the more you know for time effort ever the more the more the more of everything that you put into something like the better the feeling is for the reward isn't it yeah 100% 100% though like you it definitely yeah there's another part that I want to touch on with you about that later but we'll come to that so you're back on so a big thing that helped me and it's helped me in the past as well with, with, with the long distance stuff I've done I like this that was before I sort of got into yoga as well <clears throat> was me breathing just focusing on me breathing so it's just like <clears throat> I was just basically keeping my mind like sort of preoccupied just breathing so I was just like focusing, just thinking, obviously more beneficial as well. Big, massive inhales, just because of the need that I was still just trying to just push that oxygen into my body. So I was big inhales through my nose, exhales through my mouth. Does you have a rhythm going on? <laughs> yeah. And then... Every time I was struggling, I was just trying to come back to that. Or like my mind just wanting, I was just trying to bring it back to me breathing. Yeah. But then like you just... There's this part on a call, Bosses Ridge. And Bosses Ridge, it's a good one on YouTube. You have a little look on YouTube. Bosses Ridge is like, it's almost like a staircase. Because that many people are stepping on it, it almost ends up like a staircase, like a single file staircase. And it's like uh, either side, when you look, it's just off the mountain, do you know what I mean? It's not like there's no little bits where do you know what I mean it's just like literally off the mountain and like when people are walking past you've sort of got to like step on the outside of the staircase to let them go past you're like go back up fuck off everyone's killing each other on there you better turn around now lad (laughs) really though but uh, was there a lot of people on the mountain Um, so so if you were like yeah. yeah. Just, you just think like that time in the morning, being up a mountain like that, you, you wouldn't expect a lot of people to be there, would you? When, when you leave of a night and you look up, because obviously every, everybody's got head torches on, and like when you leave of a night and you, you, you literally look up like into the sky, you can just see like however many's in the group, say like three or four usually, sometimes even two. You can just see like three or four lights just like up in the distance. So you know that's like that's three people's head torches yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're out there, they're like out. up high. Do you know what I mean? You can just see like little little pinpricks of the lights where like because you walk up in a zigzag, you know, because it's so steep. Yeah. You zigzag up the mountain, so you can sort of see like little pinpricks of the zigzags up up the mountain. The Mont Blanc stars. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
So you should all strap in together now. Yeah. And you, 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 is this like the final ascent now? This is the final push, yeah. And it was probably like just getting to getting to like the hardest thing I've done now, definitely. Especially after the day before. We got the top anyway, then maybe we ended up getting Did to the top. Did you Yeah, we got well, the top. Well. And then it was falling to my knees when I got the top. Yeah. Just being like, oh my God. Because obviously we didn't get the year before, did we as well, so. What was the top of Mont Blanc like? Um, not what you'd expect. <laughs> not what you'd expect. It's flat. It's like sort of a cave, so it's like a big part of the top's flat. Yeah. Like you think at the top of a mountain, you think it's of almost a, 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 a peak, don't you? Yeah, yeah, like Yeah, yeah, an apex, yeah. But it wasn't just like flat, so like it's, I don't know, you get there and you're like expecting. That, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. It's a, it, it's it's not an anti-climax, but it's like, yeah. where is the top? Yeah, this yeah. is the top. Yeah, but it, you can tell you're high up there, like, yeah, you can tell you're high. It's crazy how you've tired doing that in with what you do, like, health and fitness. Yeah. You, you, <coughs> you're the geezer. Putting cans in the freezer. You <laughs> 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 uh, lad. Um, <laughs> you know one thing, yeah? Like, moving on to Elton Furness, a lot of people, like, seem to miss. There's a big difference between health and fitness. Yeah. Like, people think, <clears throat> yeah, you're fit as fuck, you're healthy, or if they're dead healthy, people are fit. But there's some people who are... They were really healthy, they got lovely skin, teeth, hair, you know, got a great diet or great eating habits and can't run around the fucking block. And then you've got some people who are fit as fuck, but don't live really healthy, the diet's bad, they go out party and mm. stuff like that. And I know, like, a lot of people who know you for what you do, they know that you're big on fitness, but you're a big advocate of health as well, aren't you? Yeah. Definitely. I feel like it was probably boxing that sort of started to plant, planting the seeds with, with becoming healthier because, you know, obviously the, the, the better you trained and the, the more healthy you was eating wise and, you know, <clears throat> all the little ticks, the better you perform. Gut health? Gut health, yeah. I got into gut health. Good few years ago, maybe about, talking now, about seven years ago. I got into ghost health because I remember being like suffering with me when we go bad. I remember being that bloated. I remember looking in the mirror thinking like that can't be right. Like being that bloated. So I started like delving into ghost health and found learning about good bacteria and stuff like that. And to be honest, when I started learning about it, 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 it scared me. Like I remember thinking, oh my God, I thought, thought I had like this crazy um, good bacteria imbalance in my gut and started researching parasites and stuff like that. So like proper like, you know, commit, committed to learning about it and started um, me and my friends started fermenting our own our own milk kefir. Like to ferment your own milk kefir, you, it's like obviously live grains that you keep in like a glass jar and you feed it goat's milk and say every week you strain the grains, put the grains back in with fresh goat's milk and you drink that, but it's like drinking off milk. Oh my God, yeah. It, but like you become accustomed to the taste. So so obviously you're drinking it. It like, must have been about, what, 22 or something when you're yeah, doing that? About, yeah, 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 yeah. Most kids then, they're into like, I'm trying to grow mushrooms or something. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're growing stuff to fucking, to sort your head out. They're growing yeah. stuff to fuck your head up. Yeah. And uh, all, then next thing you know, I'm doing this. 
and I left me my jar down south because I used to live down south I left my jar down there with my grains in and I thought you know that's it because I was coming home for like a bit of leave so I wasn't going back for it and I thought but then Jan Akko first popped up what a shout out to Jan Bartini yeah 100% Bartini go first she's on Instagram Um, what a lovely woman as well Unbelievable. Absolutely. Such a lovely lady. Woman, just yeah, genuine. Just, just wants the best for everybody. If you want to know about gut health, yeah. get on Simo. But if you want to improve your gut health, yeah. get on Jan. She, yeah. Bactini, I go first. Yeah. We'll tag her in the, in, 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 in the yeah. podcast when oh, we put yeah. it up. 100%. So tell us a little bit about gut health. So, so Jan, Jan, Jan just come along, popped up out of nowhere. Who delivers like these water kefir? It's not milk kefir, it's water kefir. But then, like, she ferments her own water kefir and adds it to like all, all different fruit flavors. So she come along, and I was like, I've a bit of that. Um, the Bartini Queen. Yeah. But you go tell basically, like, you go tell responsible for, they call it your second brain. And that, that, I feel like that's when, obviously, I started to research go tell any importance of, of like, you know, how you live, your brain health, even like um, your injuries, inflammation, like there's just so so many things that like your, your gut health contributes to. And uh, I just com- like just committed myself to just learn, learning more about it um, and understanding it and heal, trying to heal it for myself as well so and heal my own gut. If we want a better gut, better gut health, yeah. what should we do? In layman's terms, one of the best things you can do for your gut, which is try to practice every day, is fasting. So basically, your your gut starts to produce en- enzymes from the very first thing you eat. So from the very first thing you eat in the morning, say if that's seven o'clock in the morning, your gut starts to produce enzymes to break that food down. So these enzymes work most beneficial on a 12-hour clock. So say if you start, you have your breakfast, or even if it's a piece of toast, a piece of toast at seven o'clock in the morning, and then you're eating past seven o'clock at night. Your, your enzymes and your gut aren't working efficient. So that's when like, you know, you start to get this leaky gut syndrome or like food particles start to leak through your gut and they literally store around your midsection as, as, as fat, that that's toxins leaking through your gut and storing this fat. Um, so that, then that, that, that can then create like an imbalance within your gut. So. I recommend to everyone fasting minimum if they can 12 hours but like better would be fasting for 13 hours a day that's probably the first thing I say to anyone to help improve the gut to put it in an easier term basically eating an 11 or 12 hour window maximum is that yeah, what you're saying yeah more, more so than 11 because like I feel like people come to me as well and they start talking about fasting and everyone's got this 16 8 in the red 16 8 16 8 or they say 12 8 meaning, meaning 8 hours eating 16 hours not yeah yeah and like some people have never fasted before and they've probably like you know fell into bad eating habits and then all of a sudden they're trying to fast for 16 hours a day and just like the body's just like what's going on here so I always say to everyone maybe start on the 12 stick with the 12 which is well doable with your sleep and then maybe start to just creep it down and maybe like you know a couple of days a week on the weekend or if you have a lion then fast for that little bit longer but that's probably like the number one thing I'd say for people to, to, to start to try and like um, heal the gut I think sometimes we could be, become fixated on these quick fixes or you know I'll take this tablet two times a day for however months and, it, and it'll heal it. it it's not quite the case with your gut do you get a lot of clients um, 
auch noch Clients, die potential Clients kommen zu ihren Experten Quick Fix? Ich habe nicht viel, ich mache mich auf als Quick Fix Obviously, just through through my my life and my training, and you know, even even for that, for example, my gut, like I feel all that. Just you know, it's all being sent to teach me about the lessons that I need now to like you know live the healthiest life I can. So, you know, where I'm going to be feeling fit, strong, full of energy, and like you know, live live for as long as I can as well, and, and train for as long as I can, which which is the goal because again, that's going to contribute to me to me living. The way you're saying, like everything takes time, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, if you if you want results, it takes time. Um, I think, like in life, like for example, like times like currency, isn't it? Yeah. You know, definitely. If if you want to buy something, yeah. say for example, in in a material aspect, like an asset, whether it be car or house or something which is said to be of certain amounts of value higher than the value the more currency we have to spend to attain it well it's pretty similar in in, in life terms in terms of the higher the goal yeah the bigger the achievements yeah whether that be like weight loss or maybe a business or a goal that you set yourself yeah You've got to give more currency, which is your time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the more, t- more, more, the more valuable whatever the goal is, the more currency it's going to cost you. The more time it's going to cost you definitely, to yeah. achieve that goal. I feel like even with agree the, with that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I feel like even just getting away from like the materialistic thing. But even if you think about yourself, like time's the most valuable currency you can give to other people. Do you know what I mean? Because like obviously once you give that person your time, like you're not getting that back. Do you know what I mean? Like I know you're saying about materialistic things, but that was like a way me trying to like Yeah. Um like a metaphor to try and explain, like Yeah, yeah. Your time yeah, is more yeah. valuable course, than yeah. your than, than, than financial currency. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But anything in in life, if if you want to buy something and it's expensive, it costs you a certain amount of money. Yeah. Well, it's the same in in the aspect we're talking about. Of if if you want something, it's expensive. It's it, it's gonna take you a lot of time. Yeah. It's gonna take you your investments in of your time to attain that goal. Of course, yeah. You know, it's like the saying, good things come to those who wait. Yeah. I think it's been misconstrued along the way, Simo. I think good things come to those who are persistent. Definitely, yeah. You can spend your whole life fucking waiting and you're going to yeah. be, you're getting nothing. But if you get up and you actually go out after it yeah. every day, yeah. it might, you, it might, it won't come straight away. Yeah. You mightn't get it straight away. Yeah. But good things do come. Yeah. To those who stay persistent, it will take time, but you can't wait for yeah. it to come. This is something I this is something I learned when I was probably a teenager, a young teenager, I realized that the harder I trained with boxing, the luckier I become. I literally I literally something, something, the penny dropped in my head as 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 a, as a young lad. Like the harder I the more training I put in, the more running I done, the more everything, even like to the points in the gym where if you do you know tuck jumps whatever I'd always do an extra one from whatever they give us always you always done that little bit more a little bit more and the more more used to do the, the luckier it got 
So now I feel like I've sort of tra- transferred that mindset on, onto my work because I realised that like nothing comes by sitting on your ass. You've got to take action and work towards it. And I feel if you are fully focused on something and you, you know, keep that positive image in your mind and you're working hard towards it, then like you're making it happen. It's inevitable what's going to happen. Not, do you know what I mean? Not going to stop it. Definitely, yeah. You might have bumps in the road along the way. Which is sent to teach you. But if you just continue. Yeah. The, the, bump, the, bumps, the bumps along the road in your life. I feel like this is just a mindset that you can, that, that like obviously takes time to tie and like set into this mindset that you can adopt. But the bumps in the road are just sent to teach you and test you and strengthen you and, and just sort of, you know, point you into the direction that you need to go. Sometimes like people can get bumps in the road and, and like stop. For like from all like reading books of all like the richest people and like you know the top businessmen in the world, they've all had these major setbacks and when they've come back, it's made them stronger and the business has flourished even more. Do you know what I mean? They, they, I feel like the, the setbacks are sent to test you. If you had a message now to send out to anybody who's watching this who may feel like not driven, yeah, um, <clears throat> maybe not motivated at the minute, or yeah. maybe even if they just not in a bad place but not in the best place or yeah. they want to get started on yeah. the path to not only fitness to better than themselves yeah what would your message be I'd say to them write down on a piece of paper on your notes on your phone what motivates you like what's what what truly inspires you and motivates you and like I feel like sometimes we, be, we can become a bit a bit lost seeking things that you know, externally to motivate us, whether that be like, you know, your David Goggins or your YouTube videos or like even Instagram, you're seeking these people like to, to motivate you. And like sometimes if you're seeking that all the time, you're not, you're, not, you're not getting motivated for the right reasons because you need to think of the things that are motivating you, why you are inspired to become better, whatever they may be. And like, you need to remind yourself of them when things do get hard of the reason why you started. Do you think now in this day and age this is something what I'm starting to notice? Yeah. With all what's going on with social media now and the platform and how accessible it is and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like people's egos are getting lost. They're confusing their ego with the passion in terms of what they want to do. They're not exactly chasing what they truly want. Yeah. We can get lost between what we truly want yeah. and what we think we want because we want to fucking fit in or we want to... You're doing something because it's there but not for the not for the right reasons if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Um. Do you want to get fit because you want to get fit or do you want to get fit to fucking... Yeah. That, yeah, that's do, just... Do you know what I mean? You can use loads of examples for that, can't you? And I'm saying sometimes you think like that is partly the reason why some people are lost because they don't know what they fucking want or what? Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Like I feel... I feel like that's a big cause of people being... A, a, a big cause of, of people being unhappy is probably... Like what you're saying, if they're not living the life, that's of what, 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 you know what they're good at or what they mean if they're trying to live through other people or impress other people then like I don't feel like that's too happiness it's like the more the more you let go of, of like you know which nobody's perfect that everybody is asked at times but you know the more the more you let go of 
you know what people think yeah and the more like you start to just do what what truly makes you happy the, the happier you become but obviously we do live in a world where you know it's, it, it, is, it is a little bit monkey see monkey do whether that be down to you know the clothes people wear the way we talk you know even the places where everybody goes and stuff like that it's just obviously people feel safe in numbers so they follow the crowd a little bit sometimes don't they definitely yeah definitely um, so in a nutshell what would your message be just get to work <sighs> go do it just get to work start waiting for Monday start waiting for New Year you know start waiting for the new month your birthday after so and so's wedding just go out and just get started <laughs> get it done yes. yeah, yeah just get it done honestly stop your excuses totally yeah like Apex so, fitness so, 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 stop your excuses you know what's funny right because like so, so, so many clients come in and like and I get some of them are some of them are you know genuine excuses and stuff like that but sometimes people come in and just I feel like I've heard every excuse there is I feel like you know if you want to train you're going to train aren't you regardless what's your attitude when someone comes in with an excuse that's what I'm saying I don't really have much sympathy for, for excuses unless it is sincere or like something you actually has happened if it's like you know I don't know whatever it is for some funny ones every day like won't mention any names <laughs> go ahead start names off on that obviously You've got a fitness business, you're, 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 you're a personal trainer. Yeah. But you're not just a standard run-of-the-mill personal trainer. There's a bit more to you than that. Yeah. And um, obviously you're doing like these crazy endurance challenges and, yeah. and you know, you've been in the forces, the RAF, yeah. firemen and stuff. To become this person, this man who you are today, yeah. what was you like as a kid? Um, as a kid, from probably the ages of like, I don't know, maybe 12 to 17, I always just thought I was meant to box. I just thought I was like, just put on the planet to box. So it's like, just literally went went, went, to, went through school just thinking I was going to be a boxer. Oh, did you get into boxing, Simon? My uncle, my uncle, I started Jiu-Jitsu when I was like seven. I got a got a black belt when I was when I was ten. And like you did too, just wasn't. My dad made me stick it out and said, "You're not you're not finished until you get your black belt. You're, you know you're, you're finishing what you set out to do." Which was, was the plan when I started. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I got my black belt and and remember it was funny enough it was on Movama, walking on Movama with our uh, Gary, my dad, and my cousin, and. He said to me about boxing, about starting boxing. I was thinking, okay, let's let's have let's have a go with the boxing. I got can't be black belt, so I literally started boxing like more or less straight after. I know you had an illustrious amateur boxing career, so tell me a little bit about it. Um, where was the first gym you went to, Stocky? First gym was Stockbridge. Yeah. First gym was Stockbridge. How old was you when you walked through the doors? Eleven. When I walked through the doors. What was it like the first time you went in the gym, Simon? Can you remember the smell? Don't think you'll ever forget the smell. Will you? <laughs> you there's no, there's no, no smell like. Can't like forget it. the smell, can you? It's like old sweaty leather or something, <sighs> isn't it? Boss yeah. smell low in it at yeah. the same time. Yeah, distinctive, like, yeah. Um, 
through the leaven you've went in the gym now instantly when you very first walked in them doors yeah did you know that like you were going to be a button did you know you were going to be bo- a boxer like was you serious about it was you just I just, you know I, just I mean? I just I just become addicted very quick I just become I just become so addicted very very quick like I, I started boxing and from you know literally a, a beginner and you start laying a footwork drill the land on your footwork the footwork drills you know between the legs side to side to the point where like I was going home and I was either in the garden on the flags in the garden or in the kitchen just practicing footwork and then skipping skipping become like the next thing to practice then because I couldn't really skip so I'd just be skipping like every, every night in the kitchen or, or in the garden just until like I mastered, mastered out to skip and it just, it just led from there just, I'd just become addicted wouldn't never miss the session religiously even like after I won, won, won fights and stuff titles never I'd, be, I'd always be back in the gym the Monday after training you, you were dedicated yeah 100% yeah did you have any days off I used to say Monday to Friday in the gym, we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the boxing gym and run Tuesday, Thursdays and then on the Saturday I'd, I'd, uh, I'd usually go to Height and Leisure or our guy would take me and my cousin out in the park and we'd run out in the park and go back to the spa. <laughs> we used to knock lumps out of each other <laughs> yeah, in the garden and then like at the older I got, the Sundays, then my dad used to take me to Movama. I think I started running up there when I was about 13. And he'd take me up Movama and I'd run up Movama. And that just become like the Sunday ritual. <laughs> this one year I was running up here. And I, I, I never forget these pair of running shoes. Yeah. They had these, these Asics, right? And the snow would come in. And it, let's see, the snow would snow. My dad, my dad would be my witness here. Snow would like the, the path completely off. And I always had this thing, like where if something got said in my mind, I always had this thing, like if it wouldn't, if it, if it didn't do that thing, what it, what I got, what I said in my mind, I wouldn't win me fight. So like in my mind, it was get obviously what was motivating me running up that mountain was like saying to myself, if you don't get the top, you're not gonna win your fight. So I remember literally like the snow was like knee deep, so sort of like way, way down through the snow. And these people walk past me. Anyway, I get the top and come back down. I, like, as I'm coming past my dad, my dad used to just walk up and I'd meet my dad as I'd run down and he'd turn around him and walk down. Wow, but so I, you'd run up, he'd walk yeah, and then yeah. he'd come back past. Yeah, yeah. So um, I ran past my dad and he was like, no, just walk past these people and you've you walked walk past you and you just said, is that your son up there in the pair of running trainees? Because obviously they had all like, they had all like, you know, the gear <laughs> on. Like, yeah. yeah. Shit, I was worried sick. <laughs> yeah. But you're them assics seeing some running. Wow, they know me a penny then. <laughs> 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 Honestly, that's right. I swear to God, hand on my ass, swear down oh. my life. I ran the thread clean off them. <laughs> Ran the thread, used to run every night. Flat. Ran the random flat lad, yeah. Was he yeah. like dancing shoes by the yeah, time you'd finished? Yeah. Big pair of slip ons. <laughs> 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 um, so you're saying you were really dedicated. Um, first fight, how old were you? 12. What was that like? I think it only lasted about, about 30 seconds, I think. <laughs> yeah. Did you stop him? Yeah, just yeah, just flew up like. Uh, what was it like in the build-up to it? Like a bull in the china shop. 
Was you scared before you boxed? Yeah, I was nervous. Yeah, I remember asking asking me coach when we were warming up before I went out, what what do we do? He said to me, what do you mean? What, what do you do? What you've been doing in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big, big, it's a big, yeah, it's a, it's a big stage, isn't it? Young, young kid, like, you know what it was? It was in the heat waves before I got knocked down. Was it? First five was in the heat waves, yeah. It was that for Stocky, yeah? For Stocky, yeah, he had these shorts, right? Because obviously it was only a new start, so he had these shorts, like proper freshman shorts. <laughs> right, about, the big things. Oh, big things, but two sizes too big, right? And he'd been washed that many times. Don't know how old he was. He'd probably seen fucking millions of fights, right? Yeah, the founder of Stocky <laughs> was. founder of Stocky, yeah. <laughs> he'd been washed and he was like... Like, oh, just a washed out purple, you know what I mean? Stocky's colours were white and like a deep purple. These were like violet. half going on, yeah. Palm of violet. Going on palm of violet colour. <laughs> yeah. But you were still slick as fuck in them. Put them to good use, like. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, you go, what, you just went out and stopped them? Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Love all that. And then, just then what happened? You start start pushing on straight away or was that a proper bout or was it a skill that was a proper bout yeah um, yeah I had I had two more in fact I never I, I went straight into the championships then on one fight I had one fight went straight into the championships no messing around then yeah got, how did you fare in there got, got for my first season I got, I got the quarters in uh, the golden belt, which was just like the under 10s, and then I went in the school boys and got the final. In, in was fit. that regional or national? Eh? National, yeah. Shit. Boxed there. Uh, Did you box any good kids as a junior? Like, Yeah, yeah, boxed, boxed, a, boxed a few good lads. Like, um, Anyone we know? or I'd, I'd, more, more, more when you were best, senior? Probably the best girl, Ritson, like, in it. <laughs> Lewis yeah. Ritson? Yeah. Was you, how old was you when you boxed Lewis? 21. Yeah, so you're a senior then. We'll come to this in a minute. So, yeah. So, um, how long was you in Stockbridge Village for? Years. And have a few, go a few bouts with them? Yeah, I was about 20 odd, I think. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, did you move from there? Went to Nosley Vale then. Yeah. What was that like? The Vale was like, I sort of fell out of love with boxing for a little bit, and then when I went back to Vale, I fell, in, fell back in love with it again. It's good. We had we had a we had a heavy lineup. Like name me a few of the the names. There was um, Faso was there. Mulhai, Steve Brogan, Carl Bacher, Louis Campbell. He's was shite then. Fucking yeah. <laughs> quality good, squad. Good. Um, quality yeah, squad. yeah. Luke Willis come as well. Luke um, Willis. Yeah. There was, there was the boys. That was that's a lineup. That yeah. Lloyd Campbell. Fucking Mulcahy, Faze. Yeah, 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 yeah. Willis. Yeah, we used to have, to, we used to have some sparring, you know. Yeah, because it's all a similar weight we as well, isn't it? some sparring, yeah. Had to pay to just go down and watch the sparring, yeah. Yeah, and even like Robbie would pop in as well, time to time. Robbie Davis. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. you weren't, you weren't, you weren't shy on the Spartans. That's what just makes you good though, isn't it? We used to do, we, we, I used to love it, we used to do loads, loads of tech. Loads of like tech and conditions, but I feel like that's like where you find your groove with it because it sort of takes like so you can like practice things a little bit more in it than, than like open spars. You know what I'm saying? When you were sparring with the likes of them, was you going out and having easier fights than you were fucking sparring? Um, 
Me first, first senior fight, right? Tell me about, I was going to walk past you then. Yeah. Me first senior fight. Me first senior fight, right? Just going off like what you're saying about the, the, the sparring and stuff. Like, I was sparring Nathan Bennett the night before. And uh, I ran home from Kirby. I used to run home from Kirby. <laughs> Just, I don't know, I used, to, I, used to, I used to train, so I was part and then ran home from Kirby. And was, where was you living? Uh, West Derby. So you're running from Kirby to West Derby, yeah, that's yeah. what people know, because you're a fucking mad man. Yeah, that was, that was after training. So I ran home and I woke up the next morning right, and, and uh, went to the toilet. And I was, I, I, I was having a piss in the morning and I seen a missed call off Darren. So like a phone down and back. I was like, Barnes the trainer. Marzi, yeah, yeah. Boss coach and phone Marzi back and was like, what's happened to Marzi? You know, you're all right. And he was like, fight there, kid. So I was like, oh yeah, when is it? Tonight. No. <laughs> so I remember just obviously anyone who says the fight, do you know what I mean? I remember just thinking, oh, fuck. Obviously been up to ding as well about like two years, I think. So I was like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, what, what you reckon? She went to reckon you take it. Just went go ahead, sound. So took the fight, went down there, and um, who's your boxing? Um, just tell us him over. I, I, was, I was boxing a lad called Teddy, and I, I literally went down there, went off the first round, felt sound. They had two black eyes from the Spartan night before. I swear to God, there's a picture of me, you can pull it up, you look at it. Went off there, and just started. I remember just like, he was just writing right to Teddy. Sorry. I tell you, Spencer, uh, we, just, we went out and we just went right to it. Just got right to work with each other, started just trading. And I remember, like, I, I hit him with the, the first person that ever put down, like, properly. And I remember hitting him with, with the right hook. And then, like, he went and the ref came over and, like, gave him a count and stuff. I remember just being, like, pretty shocked. And was that your first senior bout? That was my first senior bout, yeah. Where was that? Um, over in Warrington, rugby ground or something like that. Yeah. And was that a stop with spang him out? That was it, yeah. I stopped it. First one. I know. But like, you know, them, you, them saints, like fortune favours the brave and stuff uh, like that. You, knew, you knew you were on the way there as yeah, well, because yeah, obviously yeah. you'd stepped up, seen you about yeah. different world in it, really. Yeah. And you're stopping people. Yeah. Um, the Dockers Club. The Dockers Club. Aye. Had some wars in the Dockers. <laughs> Still love the Dockers. Used to go off in there, didn't need the shows. Yeah. yeah, used to go off in the shows. Who did you box in there? Did you have any good ones in there? Yeah, boxed loads of people in the Dockers. I boxed all kind of Dockers. Ryan Yeah, Mulcahy. yeah, boxed all kind of Dockers. That, that, that was a good fight. Walk me through that. That was a boss fight. So boss fight at me and Mulcahy. Shocking in there as well. Was it? Yeah. Did you know Mulcahy at the time? Yeah, we used to always spar each other. It was one of my main sparring partners growing up, Brian. So where was you boxing at this point? Um, I, was, I, was, I was back when I was a junior. So yeah, was in, yeah. I was in, in Stocky. Stocky. Yeah, and he's, yeah. In, he, he's in... He was in Long Lane. Long Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what happened? It's a good fight. Hope you're having drinks at this time. She won't have a fucking in suspense here. Uh, yeah, it's a decent fight, lad. Who won? I, I beat Ryan. It was in the yeah. championships. Good, good kid, Ryan as well, any yeah. policy offer later. Yeah, good, Ryan, good, Ryan, Ryan's good. Very good fighter. Yeah. So yeah, you beat him. Yeah. What, the goal the distance? Yeah, went the distance, yeah. So fight that. Good fight. Good, very good fight. Good operator, Ryan, like. Quality, yeah. Quality. Yeah. So hang on a minute. 
Who did you beat in the, in the senior bout? Sorry, the one who you stopped. Terry. Terry. Terry Spencer. Yeah. Lewis Ritten. Yeah. Lewis Ritten, tell me about Ritten. I boxed him in the um, pre-quarter finals. No, it wasn't even the quarter finals, the senior ABAs in Newcastle. Remember Marjorie saying to me, I didn't know much about him, to be honest. She Marjorie knew a little bit about him, so Marjorie went like, come out so poor and try and throw him off a little bit to have all right, sad. <laughs> come out so poor, right? Remember throwing a few shots against him and like, you just had to walk tight guard, you know what I mean? Remember throwing a few shots at him, he just wasn't budging. Oh, yeah, let's get back over, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's switch this back over yeah, quick, Sam. He won the first hand, then I got the second, then it was on the last hand, I think. And, um, Marjorie gave me a pep talk in the corner, I stood up and Marjorie, Marjorie put like his forehead on me. You see it on the video, it used to be on YouTube, used to see it on YouTube, it got took off though. And uh, Marjorie put like his, his forehead on my forehead and was like, you know, I'm what you fucking want it. Blah blah, and I went out the last hand, yeah. just boxed a lovely last hand, just, just picked them off, yeah. Got a few clips. I've seen a short yeah, clip, I was yeah. gonna say, like, come on back, short right hand, left dude. Yeah, yeah, lovely. yeah. Box, box, nice Absolutely last hand, lovely. yeah. And I won the fight, like. Yeah, quality. So you've boxed a few fucking Mulkai, fucking Ritson, um Yeah, there's a few, you know. Did you have a good few in the Dockers? Yeah, I had a. Uh, some beating in the Dockers. Was you? Yeah, it was one beating. I had eight, eight, one eight in the Dockers. Yeah, yeah. Funny that, isn't it? Boss. Dockers, Dockers is the Dockers champion. The Dockers. Fucking name up and that, isn't it? Hey. <laughs> 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 the grandkids and that. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you fucking sunk it here. Um, is there anyone else um, who we know of today? Like, um, any other decent names? There's a few, like, yeah. There's a few. Come on then, tell me some more fucking... Oh, no, tell me, Ellen. What's going on? There's a few boxed... I, I beat... I beat... Uh, I beat a lot from Manchester. He ended up like an, an English English champion pushing off the British. Box Sam Bones, why he was doing well as a pro as well. Wow. He beat me twice, though, Sam. Give him credit where credit's due. Yeah, he was my first time he ever got beat was against him. Was he? Yeah. First loss? Yeah. Um. Who's the best you've ever shared a ring with? Um, do you know what? I can probably I can probably only say like Robbie Davis because like I've sparred I've sparred, I've sparred like a couple of good lads. I've sparred, um, I've sparred I've done, I've done a few rounds with like Cattle and, and McKinton and stuff, but like Jack Cattle. Yeah, yeah. And Michael McKinton, he was one of the last bars he had as well. And Liam, Liam Taylor's good as well from Manchester. Done a good, done a good few rounds with him. Um, but like, I'd probably say I need to do more rounds with them. Yeah, but to, 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 like, to, to really, and yeah, all, yeah, to, to feel so, it. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah what you mean. Yeah, then I've done enough rounds with them. Like, yeah, because you know, it's this settling in it, and yeah, then knowing. Of course, yeah. Where yeah. Robbie, you had a lot of rounds with. Done, done a lot of rounds with Robbie. Yeah, done a lot of rounds with Robbie. He was like a big sparring partner for me when I was younger as well. Is there any standout spars that you can remember, like standout times or? Yeah, so this, funny enough, it was sparring this morning, right? And like me, me and my old coach Mark and he were going down this morning and it was, it was freezing. It was like full snow outside, like proper, you know, cars skiing everywhere gear. 
I mean, this when Notifile used to be in this big warehouse in Kirby. Got this big warehouse right in the gloves, so like in a basket <laughs> in the warehouse, and it was, don't even know what temperature it was in there. I remember getting these gloves out, and obviously, like, where they'd been wet with sweat, they'd sort of like dried, like, like, like bullets. So we were putting these gloves on, sparring, not being like, I remember sparring, and like, like we, could, we could see each other's breath wow. as we were breathing out, sparring. Cold. And like, just get, you know what I mean? Like, why is it in each other? Cold, yeah. Could you feel it? That was a funny spar, like, yeah. Boss. Yeah. You had some career, didn't you? Amateur career. Ah, oh, yeah, um, decent, did, like, yeah. Did you win anything as an amateur? Um, yeah, one, I, I won I won up on uh, the NACYPs. That's, that's, that's like a young lad, like, yeah. Yeah, you, and you beat some top, top fucking kids, didn't you? Um, pro? Did you say I'm pro? Yeah, so I left, I left the Air Force, uh, like, three, three years ago now. I left the same pro, to be honest, and just had to, just ended up just throwing in a towel. I had a few injuries, and like, just wasn't making me happy no more, do you know what I mean? Just like, Sort of just fell out of love with the sport and feel like obviously because I know the way I used to be when I was younger, I was so disciplined and so committed when I was younger and like when, when it turned over I was thinking like, you know, I'm gonna, gonna fully do it again, like commit myself a hundred percent again. And like I did. But it just it just wasn't making me happy anymore, do you know what I mean? And I think like, it's a bit like what we touched on before when I was saying about like not your ego, but yeah, like you're doing something for the wrong reasons yeah, and yeah, it weren't your yeah. true passion anymore. Yeah, you were yeah. doing it because like yeah. you were setting your fucking ways, you'd set this challenge and now you want to do it. Yeah. But it, it's not your passion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One million percent. That's what I was sort of doing it because like I didn't, I didn't want to be in the Air Force anymore. And like I thought, you know, that's what I'm good at. That's, How long were you in the Air doing. Force for? Three years. I was in the four. Did you like the Air Force? It was learning for me, loads of learning for me. So the Air Force, did yeah. you like it? <laughs> needed it. Do you think so? Yeah, needed it. Um, did you learn a lot? <sighs> like a crash course in life for three years. <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh my God. <sighs> what, was, what was your role? I was a fireman, sort of. I bet you got some birds with that talk about firemen in the RF. Yeah, and he said to you, how many fires have you put out? <laughs> and how many fires have you put out? Honestly, lad. <laughs> yeah. I put out a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the three years. <laughs> yeah. So the three years, um, a lot of learning. Yeah, man. You come out to turn pro. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really, it, it didn't come into fruition for, for whatever reason. It weren't meant for you. Um, is that when you started your business now, Apex? Um, I was sort of like, it was, it, it was like, it was sort of stuck in limbo for like two months. Because in my mind, I thought I'd always, like, you know, was meant to box and whatever, and, like, obviously just left, like, a career to come on box, and then realised, like, boxing wasn't for me. Like, within, within like, the first two, three months. Yeah. So... Then we started... Then, 
Dus ik ga nog het laatste stuk, nu cold, 3%. En hey, we don't see like Brian, the psychologist, that you have every couple of weeks and like you started to give us like, you know, things to do. Just out of respect for like being in this group, I just thought I'd, I'd give them a go. So I started just like cleaning up my habits a little bit, getting up early in the morning. Didn't start getting up at five o'clock in the morning, six away, to be honest, it was more like um, half half, because I'd be in the gym for six. So I like, started getting up early in the morning and just started uh, training in the morning, just taking like work a little bit more seriously. And, and that was probably only like two and a half years ago, not even that. Just over, just over two years ago. You know, to go from having a stable, secure job, like in terms of wages every month, being yeah. in the forces and stuff like that. Yeah. So actually going self-employed and setting up a business for yourself. Yeah. That must have been a big leap. Yeah, definitely. And a big change. But like now, now I feel like I understand that across them, you know, them decisions are, are the growth. And like, obviously... You know, how many people, you know, that probably, like, live their lives and, like, they have a mate that jump to do something, you know, to chase, to, chase, to chase the team and, like, you know, they've probably lived out years of their life not, be, not being happy. But, like, if people are unsure on things, like, using that as an example, like, if people are unsure on what to do then, like, the way I, I fully committed to boxing and realised boxing, like, just wasn't for me no more. So, like, that's why I'm content now when people say to me, like, why aren't you boxing no more? I'm content because I know I tried my best. And it wasn't for me, so that like, chapter's closing me and I can move on from that now. Yeah, because you give it 100%, so there's no bitterness there. Definitely, yeah. Do you think you've used the transfer of skills, the way you committed yourself to that 100%? Yeah. Do you feel you've committed yourself to Apex 100% in yeah. the same manner? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think I think when people see that, like, I've been in the military, they think, oh, that's where you get your discipline and stuff, but it was from boxing. boxing. Yeah, don't get me wrong, like, the military taught me, like, you know, a lot, a lot of, give me a lot of life experience, it taught me, you know, a lot of skills and that, but, like, it was always boxing, that was, like, the fundamental thing that, like, that's, that's, that's tended to be disciplined, you know what I mean, because you've got to train even when you don't want it. Tell us a little bit about Apex, because I'm talking about it, but we haven't really touched on it, so for anybody who's watching or listening who, who doesn't know, um, about Apex Liverpool, um, Tell us a little bit about it. Apex is my brand that basically is again through trial and error of, of my training mistakes. You know, it's 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 been through pure trial and error that I've sort of like come together with this 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 way of living. I don't even like to call myself like, you know, a personal trainer or like you know, call it saying it's more so a way of a living. I feel like saying it now, you know, to become healthy physically and mentally, it's more than just going to the gym. It's, it's obviously like, you know, what what you're doing for your mind and and like saying it can be used as a tool to cross over from from from, from the mind to the body with, with the likes of yoga and stuff. But you know, this this sort of like uh, way of living that, that I've created now is something that's just worked for me and, and got me like in, in a really good place mentally. And it's just something that I like to share with my clients and and that, you know, that that's getting bigger and I am, I am sharing and I'm reach, reaching a lot more people with. Have you got a personal favourite aspect of your own training? Is there something you like to do? Like, you've, if it says to you, Simo, what you'd enjoy to do the most in terms of physical fitness? It'd probably be... I do love the kettlebells, like, ah, <laughs> uh, you know what, I love to box, love punching, but it just aggravates me arm too much, so, 
It's kettlebells. It's just, just kettlebells. I've just sucked, sucked, sucked the addiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what, right? Like, I, I feel like, again, once I start teaching people how to use kettlebells and, like, show them my methods, they just, they, they go, they, they, they can't even comprehend, like, what, you know, actually how much you can do with just a set of two kettlebells. So you've got this program called Learn to Lift. Yeah, Learn to Lift, yeah. Basically just a program that, I, that, that I've, I've run three this year. Sold all three out and it's just basically like, you know, I get people from all walks of life and they might be like personal coach, personal trainers, coaches, or just people who just want to learn kettlebells a little bit more. And I, I come and just literally break down from the bottom and work up my way right way up this progression, all the movements and just teach them all how to like lift kettlebells safely, give them all a booklet, a booklet uh, with step-by-step guide on how to, how to do them all, which I've created myself and stuff. Uh, and just ask, let them ask any questions they want to ask across the across the day or the weekend. And how can people access this course? Uh, I haven't quite put the next date out, but like just follow on my Instagram probably and just keep an eye out for updates on on that. What is your Instagram page? Apex Liverpool. Um. So when you said then about like the movements that you do. Movement's something you're big on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, from literally, like, you know, delving into, like, shoes, or, like, understanding, like, about shoes, now the effect our, our feet and how, the, you know, the after knock-on effect to, to affect in your knees and your hips and, like, how we should be more barefoot to, like, you know, delving into your gut. Like, even, even now, like, I've started to climb recently, a little bit more climbing in the climbing angle because like I feel like that's what our body's designed to do we're designed to reach stretch and climb do you know what I mean and be, be like and also she's doing a bit of that on the weekends because I see you putting it up yeah 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 um, so it, basically with Apex yeah it's an embodiment of everything you've learned yeah and everything you've done yeah all condensed into what you do daily, yeah. basically giving people access yeah. to all this knowledge um, and all this, not only theory, but yeah. practice yeah. as well. So when they actually come in and do a session with you, it's not just like your normal personal trainer down the gym. Yeah, You're sharing a set of John. How long does a session last usually with the clients who come in? An hour or 45 minutes. So if they come in for an hour with you, basically in that hour, they're getting information um, based on whatever area or yeah. whatever aspect Definitely, yeah. they're wanting to learn. Yeah. Plus they're also getting hands-on practical training at the same time. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I enjoy my job so much because I have, I have the opportunity to have like, you know, so many like good conversations throughout the day and like, you know, I am blessed like all my clients are all, all spot on, big up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, you know, we, we could be talking about that and I'd be tell, telling people about that and it could be about like food or whatever they want to learn about fasting, you know, the gut health. Like, like food. food. You brought a cookbook out? Yeah, I brought a cookbook out uh, last last lockdown. That was one of the... One of the uh, what was it called? Fit as Fork. Fit as Fork. Fit as Fork, yeah. If anyone wants it, let me know. Send it to them. Yeah. Top guy. Fit as Fork, yeah. Yeah, um, I had a little look at it. It's got some tasty little treats in there, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think, um, you know, 
people perceive eating healthy is like this big you know fish in the rice cake and it's just a, this big struggle and like it's just not you know like it's just not you know like I don't like I don't even see like the way I eat is, is eating healthy or, or a diet I don't even use the word diet because like it's just not it's just like let's see the way I live and like you know you can eat good nutritious food and you don't have to like be holding back and like not enjoying the things that you like do you know what I mean yeah what do you like what do I like? If it was to say to you, you could have a little sneaky cheat. Yeah, well, what, I do. What are we talking about? If anyone knows me, I'm probably feeling like surprised. Like, like, you know, I eat chocolate. <laughs> Any particular favourites? <laughs> I got that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, just before we go then, a few things I want to touch on with you. Um, day in the life of Tom Simpson, what's your routine like? Um, get up in the morning, what time? I get up I get up at 4.45 of the morning and as soon as I wake up, I have my earphones next to my bed and my phone already set up for YouTube and let's see, earphones on, straight away and I go straight on to um, meditation. I meditate as soon as my eyes open. But like, I feel like it's a nice way to come round of the morning because obviously I'm feeding, feeding my mind with like, with, with positive stuff but I'm sort of gives me like that 10-15 minutes as well to sort of come round and get out of bed so, so I'm not like getting up out of bed getting out of bed straight away you know it's the rush of, of everyday life like, more, like you know a lot of us do so uh, I get up make me way to the gym get a cold shower every morning or a cold plunge pool in, in the gym that's part of my morning routine Um and then at work, train. Bachtini. Bachtini. That's part of my morning routine as well. Every morning. Has been for a couple of years. Um, do you have breakfast at all or what? I fast. Yeah. I fast. Don't eat till like midday. Um, and honestly, like there's no, no secret. I would eat like, uh, I just eat one less meal on me on training days. And just eat that extra meal on me training days. That's just literally how I eat. How do you like to wind down when you finish work? What do you do? <laughs> Um, I like to wind down usually with some yogurt or a bath yeah. just relax yeah I like get, you know I get a load, go the on my bag and I load up on the on the, the Epsom salts and get a good salt bath yeah uh, chills me out and I love a glass of red wine as well come on <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah okay then so <laughs> what does the future look like for Apex um, and yourself obviously you've had a massively successful 2021 and we're drawing the year to a close now going into 2022 um, have you got any plans um, maybe even if you've got plans and you don't want to share them with us because I understand like if I set targets or I set goals sometimes I don't always want to share them um, have you got any up and coming challenges um, anything that you're planning to do What's next? So, next weekend I am taking on a challenge with me, with me from Manchester. Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna complete every single route on Snowden in one in one go. Um, that's the first challenge, and the following week I fly out to Tenerife, and we're gonna climb the highest mountain in Spain. <laughs> And then I think the, the following week after that, the following week after that, before Christmas, 
keeping the Isle of Christmas challenge tradition up. Um, that was one thing that I, that, that I'd spoken to you about previously in the what? past. You train on Christmas Day. Train on Christmas Day, yeah. Religiously. <laughs> Get on that, people. Every yeah. Christmas. Yeah, because years ago used to be in the championships, like in the, the weigh-ins were always like the beginning of January, so we had to half stay sharp over Christmas. We couldn't really indulge over Christmas. So like I always used to go on a run Christmas Day, so I could have like a bit of, a bit of food on, on Christmas Day, do you know what I mean? And just like kept it to the now. Yeah, because I feel like if you can train on Christmas Day, you can train on any day. any day of the year. So, run this by me again. Next weekend. Yeah. Snowed in every single route. Yeah. The weekend later. Yeah. You're going to Tenerife. Yeah. To climb the highest mountain in Tenerife. What Stop. mountain's that? To Tardy. To Tardy? Yeah, yeah. Sand. Um, and the week after. Um, I haven't quite set a date in for this yet, but the week after, I am going to. You're not on the CrossFit workout, the Murph. No. So there's this CrossFit workout called uh, the Murph, and it's a mile run, 100 pull ups. 200 press-ups, 300, 300 squats, a mile run. So I'm going to do an apex, Murph, and I'm going to run a half marathon, do 500 pull-ups, 750 press-ups, <laughs> a thousand squats, and do another half marathon. So it's like a marathon sandwich almost with all the body weights in between. With all that sauce. Too much sauce. <laughs> wow. All that spice, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going off December, you know. Apex, man. Going to have a good December. Wow. Yeah. And then I'm going to break up for three weeks. I, I, I look forward to following your progress. It's going to be great, and, isn't it? And seeing yeah. all what you're doing. Um, make sure you post it all up on Instagram. Tap I definitely me. want to get you on again, Simo, because yeah. there's, there's, you know what, we've touched on loads and there's loads more I want to talk about. And I know there's loads more coming in the future. Yeah. Um, it's an honor to have you as my first guest. I'm absolutely blessed. So thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for giving me your time. Okay, brother. Anyone who's watching, anyone who doesn't know, get to know Tom Simpson, Apex, Liverpool. And um, thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you have, get on us on um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Shake the Mic. Just give us a little like or a share. Thanks very much for tuning in. And until next time, peace out, man. <laughs>